Straight into it. No messing around. No Marin. No luxuriating <laughs> in the Marin today. Just bang <laughs> right into it. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So my one of my housemates organised an event in, at a bar in the city last night and um, brought a bunch of punches back to our place for a kick on after the bar shut and. So I woke up when they got home at like 3.30 in the morning and then I woke up again a couple of times throughout the night when people were having D&Ms outside my bedroom door and I would like go to the bedroom door and look outside the door and see the people and be like, hey, can you guys just like take it outside? And they'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Just like really lovely, adorable little cooked little angels. Yeah, little monsters. Um, I guess that's what then... they're like. They're, they're like completely <laughs> oblivious but very kind. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like good intentions, but just destroyers of all things. They're like white. They're just like the epitome of white people, really, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, totally. But you can't stay mad at them, anyway. So that was fine. And then um, this morning, I was, you know, going about my day, trying to get some work done. Went to the kitchen to make myself breakfast and realized that some of the party people had like eaten pretty much all of my bread and also found some of my salad stuff in the fridge and also eaten a bunch of that, just like little mice, just like eating a bunch of my food. <laughs> and um, like I, for various reasons, don't have any cash in my account until Tuesday. So I was a bit like outraged because I was like fuck that's all my food that I was going to eat this weekend and my housemate came in I was like dude your cooked mates like ate all my food I'm pretty annoyed about it he's like oh my god oh my god that's just that won't do that's an outrage I'm so sorry like I can't believe somebody did that and I'm like yeah it's fine just like can you replace it and he's like yeah yeah I'll go right now I was like don't go right now (laughs) (laughs) you're cooked like don't worry about it just you can go tomorrow not a big deal and he's like I'll find out who did it and I'll make sure that they know that it's not on because that's just not on and I was like please don't do that like it's (laughs) not you don't have to do that just like as long as it's replaced like tomorrow that's totally fine he's like okay he's like do you want this broccolini as a token of my like whatever and I was like no I don't yeah okay fine I'll take the broccolini just put it exactly back where you found it I'll eat it later (laughs) you know (laughs) anyway finished making my breakfast I'm walking back out to the back shed to like keep working on some stuff and there's this girl in tears and I was like what the fuck and she comes up to me she's like I'm so sorry I ate all your food (laughs) oh Sam I'm like, Jack, what have you done? Oh, no. 
God, this poor girl. She just, like, apologized to me for so long, just, like, crying her eyes out. I was like, it's fine. Please stop crying. <laughs> Holy moly. It was a really full on. <laughs> oh, imagine if all humans all the time were just in that weird, like, MDMA afterglow, like, all the time. Like, just really sensitive, like, really wanting to be good. Big, yeah. Big fails. <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah pretty wild anyway so I um did a little bit of work and like ate some food and then like fled the scene I'm at my friend's house now um everything you've just described I can't really imagine like I can't imagine (laughs) what it would be like one to be invited to a party two to be so over socializing that you don't go like that's the real that's my greatest love not going to the party just just to know that great like happy sensation of cancelling some social plans almost better than going to them and then I felt really proud of myself for like not going to the party I was like nah you're gonna be responsible stay home get a good night's sleep and then spend all day in the shed tomorrow working on some sewing stuff and then the whole plan was just destroyed (laughs) yeah just a real Capricorn but unfortunately, there's 11 other star signs who have like been put on this earth to put obstacles in your way. Yeah, I guess. Oh, God. All right. Well, we haven't potted for a very long time. What do you think the past participle of pod is? Pod, probably. We haven't pod in a really long time. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it um, sounds right. But I like potted. Okay. Well, you know, it's still in flux, so you push for your angle, I'll push for mine, we'll see which one rises victorious. Okay. Um, It's like whenever people are like, oh, you can't just make up a word, and I always want to be like, man, you are in for a trip when you find out how literally every fucking word came into being. (laughs) That is going to blow your mind. Anyway. Today I paused a podcast and I looked Lucas in the eye and I went, he just used to beg the question correctly. And Lucas was like, I knew you were going to love this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Such cute little nerds. Anyway. Since I found out what the correct usage of begging the question is, it's like irritates me now every time anyone uses the phrase begging the question because it's like 99.9% of the time is used incorrectly yeah I think we've just lost this one we can just let it go it's okay yeah we just let it go that's fine yeah it I don't know why it like this is the thing is like not to be annoyed when it's used whatever incorrectly or used like in this new way that people are using it but actually Uh just to be like you know like a little nod of appreciation to the other like anal philosophy students <laughs> who are literally the only other people let's be real who would be using it correctly like the guy on the podcast obviously studied philosophy um anyway it's pretty good mm. oh, a good podcast which i'll recommend to you which is called the emerald uh-huh. it's lucas's favorite podcast okay the emerald in the podcast is the earth you know, the little green mm. diamond moving around the universe. Yeah. I mean, not diamond, you know, the little green gem. Yeah. It's about mysticism mm-hmm. and the environment. Cool. Pretty that good. good. Yeah. But anyway, I've only listened to one episode. I don't think I'll listen to any more. But the one episode I listened to was called Sand Talk. 
it was like interviewing this guy called Tyson Yom Yom Kippur. I call him Yom Kippur Ta because that's the only way I can remember his name. (laughs) (laughs) And that is very close to what his name is. Anyway, and it's about the infinite repeating pattern that makes up everything. Cool. Yeah. It sounds like something I would be into. Yeah. I'm going to give it a give it a listen yeah i'm trying to find the synthesis between um like mysticism and marxism i think it's there and yeah. i support you in this endeavor thank you so much i think yeah. that it probably exists but to get there you just would have to befriend and learn from so many insufferable <laughs> sources <laughs> it might not be worth it and then like you'll look out onto the crowd of people at your TED talk and be like this is who my pearls of wisdom are to fall to <laughs> this is who I suffered for yeah no it doesn't, doesn't seem worth it <laughs> no it'll be worth it I think you should do it it's gonna be great okay thanks so um anyway yes we haven't pod for a while because one I got really depressed mm. I don't know why more people don't just um be really upfront about their depression it's like the universal excuse for having not done your homework anyway <laughs> so <laughs> I got really depressed and then also this thing happened where I just couldn't edit the last episode i tried that so many times sometimes. yeah and this is what i think is like when that happens like just abandon it like record new content there's infinite yeah. new amounts of content just sometimes they gotta f- go through to the keeper and that's all right yeah yeah this has happened before where you were like the last three things we recorded are trash i'm just not going to edit them and then we recorded some new podcasts and then you went back to those old ones and you were like i don't know what i was talking about those old ones are actually pretty good i think i'm going to release them I'm like you literally do whatever you want <laughs> yeah but anyway what i think is is like some people say don't beat a dead horse uh-huh. i would argue it is bad to beat any horse true we are like have a strict philosophy of not beating horses yeah and so that's why i might go back to it eventually i might not but i think yeah persevering forward is like the way to go absolutely i 100 percent agree yeah create new content yeah just move forward abandon everything in your past burn it to the ground yeah we are (laughs) we are committed to dialectics which means we're constantly at war with ourselves (laughs) our past selves cowards and hypocrites it's a very useful position isn't it you can never be held accountable for a position that you once held oh that past version of me that idiot (laughs) i can't remember what like what I was talking about with a friend but um I said I was I don't know I was relating something that happened to me in my life and I was like whatever anyway they're dead to me (laughs) and my friend was like you say that a lot (laughs) wait like the old version of you is dead to you no, like a person that had like slighted me in some small way. I was like, anyway, they're dead to me. I'll never speak to them again. Yes. I just did a group <laughs> therapy recently, which was about splitting. And yeah. um, someone like we went around the group. Everyone had to. There was a new girl who was like, I don't know what splitting is. I was like, whoa, 
boy, you are in for a treat at this group. And so we had to go around. Everyone had to explain a time when they had split. And I was, Mm -hmm. like, impossible to just name one time. But basically, splitting is this thing where you're like, yes, I got the job. This is the job. Finally, I will be complete. I will finally have purpose in life and everything will be great. And I will feel contented finally. And every day, birds will help me get dressed in the morning as I (laughs) go off into the world in my new suit that I must wear to my great empowering job. Then obviously once you start the job, it's just a job and it's shit. And because it like uh-huh. doesn't live up to those expectations, no matter how good it is, it can't live up yeah. to those expectations. And so you hate it. So you split right. yourself into from the version of you who loved your job and thought it was the greatest to the version mm. of you who now hates your job, despises it, wants to quit it desperately, like fights with your boss constantly, mm-hmm. like takes up a a position against labor decides that work itself is immoral (laughs) like becomes a committed marxist invests all of their money in automation etc and it's like surely maybe there's some middle path maybe i think that's definitely the case maybe you don't have to be one or the other anyway that was my example and everyone else in the group was like Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I guess that is an example. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, I um, you were messaging me the other day talking about how you were giving masks away for free, and we both agreed that selling things is done it's over no more selling or buying everything should just be given away for free now yeah or if you are gonna buy or sell things it should be like under extreme duress yeah should be like oh this is just the worst case scenario and when you do it you should know that you are essentially setting off a rude Goldberg machine of human suffering (laughs) (laughs) i think was my exact quote I think we've talked about this on the pod before with I've mentioned with my creative practice of like making clothes out of recycled materials or whatever that I've struggled in the past with whether to like my instinct is just to give things away for free but then my like brain other part of my brain jumps in and is like you're exploiting your own labor what the fuck are you doing like you deserve to earn a living wage blah 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 and like oh fuck I guess I have to like figure out how much money is like a living wage for me and then charge that whatever blah 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 but I don't know I think I'm just over it I think I'm just I'm just I just hate it I just don't want to deal with it anymore I just think I'm gonna give everything away for free I just this thing happened do you remember on New Year's Eve there was that there was like a lot there was all the bushfires it seems like several lifetimes ago (laughs) Indeed, yeah. We were concerned about the bushfires, but I remember this overwhelming feeling that I had, which was to like build a bunker, get everybody I know and care about in the world, wrap them up and take Mm -hmm. them to that bunker and like keep them safe, right? Uh And I just, and but obviously like you can't do that, doesn't really make sense. It's, I understand the impulse, but you can't really do it. But this was a time that you literally could do it. (laughs) you could make a face mask specifically designed to protect everyone you'd ever met 
from germs <laughs> and then you could send them out to them for free. It was like yeah. the greatest gift that had fallen into my lap. Whenever someone was like, can I pay you? I was like, please allow me to pay you. <laughs> I was just so happy. And I kept thinking yeah. this thing, which was like, okay, there are a few reasons why I gave them away for free. One of them was if I sold them, they would have to be made to like a certain standard where all of the threads matched, like yeah. all the threads were clipped, all the seams were perfectly straight, mm. you know, like just a, a like level of detail that would make them the production take more than twice as long. Which sounds yeah. absurd, but like I can make a mask in like five minutes and it's fine. Uh -huh. But if yeah. I wanted to sell it, it would take like 20 minutes. Yeah. I was like four times as long. So like yeah. I just wanted to make a lot and get uh -huh. them out as fast as I could. And if you if it arrived and you had to trim a few extra threads off it or you could see the top stitching because I hadn't made it an invisible thread color, like you wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. Most people would be like, I don't give a shit about that anyway. Mm. But actually if you charge people for things... They're way more critical of them. And if you give them to them for free, they're like happy with whatever they get. And I was like, yeah. all labor could be like this. Yeah. This is what it could feel like. Like I felt so happy to give them to people. People felt so indebted to me to receive them. Uh -huh. I told them if they wanted to, they could donate to like a charity that gets masks for people in legal aid and prison mm -hmm. instead of paying me. People, I think, ended up paying more because they were paying it to this charity, which then went on to make, like, more masks. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. It was like all labor could feel this good, like, this purposeful. Yeah. This kind of, like, voluntary, like, I don't have to make them fast. I mm. just make them however quickly they get made and post it out. Yeah. Yeah, everything could be voluntary, like literally everything. Yeah. So, it could, yeah, but anyway, and also like it would be necessary that your work be like f sort of like fulfilling and not degrading yeah. as like a condition of work if people yeah. didn't have to do it. Uh -huh. All this, I don't know, maybe just because I read bullshit jobs in the last month just uh -huh. like how much work is pointless busy work and also how much we've convinced ourselves. I read this article. I might have even been a Jacobin article actually, which was about how um, workers who were working from home in the US, were mm. their bosses demanded that they download a software onto their computer that meant yeah. that at any point their boss could look through their webcam at them. And that every yeah. 10 minutes a photo would be taken of them at their desk. So people felt like they couldn't get up and go to the toilet. It's yeah. Like even these jobs that we think are like not demeaning, you know, like office yeah. jobs that have benefits, whatever, not like wearing yeah. a diaper in a meat <laughs> packing plant, which like I've, yeah. we can also talk about. But do you know how many I've more people felt... die in meat packing plants than die being cops? Anyway, whatever. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. I've never felt worse in my life or been more depressed than when I worked in an office. It was truly 
truly soul destroying and it is like the demeaning part like it is the part where you have to be there at a certain time and leave at a certain time even if you've done all your work you still have to sit at your desk and literally like watch your life slipping away from you minute by minute just to like just because somebody else is like you have to sit here for this period of time like you're only allowed to eat at a certain time you're only allowed like just like the just oh man I can't even describe how upsetting I found it (laughs) yeah the worst um i did paul recently retired just this week congratulations paul well done congratulations for bringing down the participation numbers (laughs) hooray (laughs) unemployment just fell one person because paul doesn't work anymore (laughs) anyway um he said that the thing that finally made him quit was people being like Oh, thanks for getting that paperwork to me. You know, you haven't put the date and your signature on the front page, so I've just like sent it back to you. And he was like, I cannot. <laughs> so many reasons to retire, like that he's almost 70 for starters, but that was the thing that finally broke him, was just like pointless administration. Yeah. And I had to tell him about how when I I worked at the TAFE, they would constantly be like, oh, um, I've noticed that you've got a folder called lesson plans. But in that folder, you need to have another folder for each subject that then contains that lesson plan, right? I would be like, Mm. why would I have a folder that just has one fucking document in it? (laughs) It's a fundamental misunderstanding of what folders are for. It's completely (laughs) pointless. I'm not going to do that. And they would be like, you need to do that to be compliant. And at some point I realized I could just be like, all right, we'll do. And then never do it. And there was nothing they could do. They can't fire you really for refusing to just do some very minor pointless piece of work. They can't really punish you in any way. They'll just bring it up again and you'll be like, oh, yeah, right, it was on my to-do list, yeah. Just keep slipping to the bottom, but I will get onto it. I will get around to it. And, like, you both – at some point also, both of you know that you're not going to do it and you're still participating in the fiction that they're telling you to do it and they have some kind of power over you. And it's kind of amazing. (laughs) Paul was like, I couldn't do that, though. I couldn't just keep pretending that I was going to do things I wasn't going to do. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm enough. okay with that. I'm pretty good at that, I think. Yeah, me too. I'm fine with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I think mm, where, yeah. like, there is this sort of, like, one positive that could be viewed as a negative about our work is that, like, mm. on opening night, there will always be some things that didn't get done. Yes. Like, every opening night, there's some things that fell through the cracks. So you never are staying back or you're never like at work when there's nothing to be done yeah at some point you're actually just prioritizing what will happen and what won't happen yeah I don't know in that sense you could look on all at all of our work as being pointless (laughs) well yeah if much of it didn't happen by opening night it doesn't really matter (laughs) oh god well I wouldn't say pointless just like um I don't know, varying degrees of pointful. Yeah, sure. I would prefer, though, to work in a job where you have a huge list of things to get done and you do as much as you can and you fuck up and fail at parts of it, but you're always busy and you're always working. I would prefer to do that than work in, like, the office job that I had where 
I would get all of my work done in like a couple of hours and then just have to sit in an office for like another six hours of my life every day just waiting for time to go by. Yeah. Hey, I went and got my Roni test. Yeah. Had to go and get the test. I can't believe you said that it was hot and you loved it. You're <laughs> such a sicko. It's disgusting. You just love people sticking Q-tips up your nose. That is absolutely not what I said. Them around. Yeah, well, tough because I just edited out you saying that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Oh, I think this would be a fun thing that I could start doing is like having arguments with you where I go like, well, that's a good argument, but unfortunately no one will ever hear it. I just edited it out. Make lighter of the because you and I will be like a couple of cosmonauts. Except with way more gravity than when we started off. Oh, you and I will be like a couple of cosmonauts. Except with way more gravity than when we started off. Except with way more gravity than when we started off. Whoa, you and I will be like a couple of cosmonauts. Except with way more gravity than when we started off. Started, started off, started off, started off. A friend of mine that I was talking to today on the internet, uh-huh. who I think listens to the pod, shout out Schmush, um, he asked me okay so i'll try to paint you a picture of him in like a because what i'm talking about is cultural trends i have to paint kind of an essentialist picture of him or of all people where they fit into these kinds of groups so it'll be a bit sort of messy but anyway he's sort of like um maybe like someone that reads poetry and likes bob dylan copy and um you know he's like tall and skinny uh-huh and sort of like 35 um and you know like basically has been kind of like in that group of people who are like the arbiters of taste in culture uh-huh. right yeah you can kind of imagine lucas is sort of a similar thing uh-huh. like really prides himself on having good taste and liking bob dylan <laughs> which is the thing that people who think they have good taste all have in common Anyway, um, but not like the kind of person who's like, oh, David Bowie, what a rock dog, what an amazing, like, hero of music, you know, not that guy. Yeah. That guy is like like a dinosaur, not useful in this conversation. Anyway, that guy, Schmush, asked me if I like Fiona Apple, uh-huh. which like her album, I think it's called Hand Me the Bolt Cutters. Uh-huh. Is like the album of the year. But it shocked me that he would ask me that question because I have like two kinds of music that I really like and one is like gangster rap Uh and the other one is like Tracy Chapman, (laughs) Fast Car or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like female vocalists with the guitar like Annie DeFranco um, or like... um, M- Molly Nielsen, you know, it's like girls with feelings. Yeah. Um, 
uh, <laughs> whatever, good, like Alanis Morissette, whatever. Like, and and most of them also I associate with having a, them on cassette. Yeah, yeah. So they're also kind of 80s. Uh-huh. And I can even go deep country yeah. on that kind of like woman with a guitar. Like I love Dolly Parton, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, it shocked me that this guy who's like this arbiter of taste or whatever would be interested in Fiona Apple. Because you can imagine that like Jagged Little Pill mm. and like that guy, Lucas, mm. they don't really like mesh. Jagged in Little fact, Pill those... is Alanis Morissette. Yeah, but yeah. what I mean is, is like those guys. Yeah. Generally, in no, but my I think I think Fiona scorn. Apple is like cool now. I think that she's yeah. like. So that's what Lucas said. Lucas was like, "No, that Pitchfork gave her a perfect ten out of 10. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck? How is that possible? Like, this is the opinion I've held forever <laughs> that this kind of music is great. Like that Liz Fair exile on Guysville is like everything exile on Main Street like wishes it was. <laughs> and Lucas like googled that phrase, and there was like an article that was like exile on Guysville, everything exile on Main Street like wishes it was. And I was like, "What the fuck? This is insane!" And Lucas was like, "Yeah, people now like unironically say." Dolly Parton is better than Bob Dylan. And I was like, no, I unironically say that. Me. I'm like, they've just taken my fringe opinion. But so what I'm saying is basically, oh, and then Lucas was like, I was like, there's no explanation for this. And Lucas was like, yeah, misogyny doesn't exist anymore, babe. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's a pretty funny thing to say. Anyway, um, but anyway, what I'm saying is I've won in this cultural war and these people have come around to my opinion and I hate it. Yeah, it's because it's not a win. This has happened to me before as well because – you you technically win because they agree with you now, but you lose because because they've taken your thing away from you, and now it's just yeah. their thing. They've turned it yeah, into their thing. Yeah, you don't get any credit for having been right for longer. <laughs> they just get credit for like seeing the true good thing now. Yeah, fully. It's the worst. I hate it. And I it. hate it. I fully. It's no good. Understand. And also, I think maybe a perfect ten is a bit. Over the top. <laughs> and Pitchfork once said Annie DeFranco sounded like listening to his mum trying to program the VCR. <laughs> so, like, fuck you, Pitchfork. <laughs> I think maybe actually the problem is that truly I just have always hated that kind of Pitchfork, like, holier-than-thou, like, smart guy thing. Mm. And just because now they love pop music, I hate them even more. Yeah. They've just actually what they do is they just go around wrecking stuff. <laughs> I'm so upset about it. Anyway, I'm gonna have some more thoughts about it. What did it happen? What was the example of when it happened to you? I can't remember. I'll think of it and I'll I'll um bring I'll come. Prepared. Anyway, we have to name. We've got to name this. I think we should call it the Dolly Parton syndrome. Sure. No, no, no. That's already a syndrome. It's where people say that they ironically like things. Oh, okay. Which makes me really mad. <laughs> <clears throat> what could it mean? I don't ironically know. like something. How's it different from genuinely liking something? <laughs> I don't know. I experience all my emotions ironically. So obviously, <laughs> <laughs> you only ironically like something. <laughs> 
I experience all my emotions ironically. Yeah, maybe we should call it the bolt cutter syndrome. Sure. One of the good things that that guy said, Yom Kippur Ta, mm-hmm. <laughs> so sorry if it's culturally <laughs> insensitive for me to call him that. Anyway, one of the things he said was he was telling this story about echidna and turtle, like having a battle. Mm. And he was like, so what are you going to do at the end? You can't cancel echidna because <laughs> it's like this argument against cancel culture. And now I'm going to use that all the time <laughs> yeah well what are you gonna do you can't cancel echidna it's <laughs> my new favorite expression <laughs> sam it was so nice to pod with you yeah it was good to talk this to you this is really one for the ages yeah i think um let's uh, chat again soon yeah yeah let's get back on the pod train yeah in a couple of days yeah yeah and i you know I, um, you mentioned to me on the phone yesterday that the, potentially the reason that, oh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah. Potentially the reason that you, um, were down on our last pod recording session is because, um, too many people have started listening to the podcast and it's too much pressure. So anybody out there listening to the pod, just unsubscribe, please, for Ainsley's sake. <laughs> Because yeah, can't you can't see? You're making it hard for us to pod by being too dedicated a listener. Yeah, you're really ruining it. <laughs> Sam, have you been watching the AFL at all? No, I haven't. Oh, there was a really good game last night. Oh, between? Yeah, it was a it was a Carlton Hawthorne game where Carlton blew a six goal lead oh, shit. <laughs> first quarter. That's yeah. ruthless. Oh, my yeah. God. And the first quarter was so good, and I made this realisation that I like watching Hawthorne lose more than I enjoy watching any team win. <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm really fueled more by spite than by love. It's a real problem. <laughs> All right, mate. I've got to go, but um, I'll talk to you All again right. soon. Love your face. Love you very much. Okay. Bye. Every print I left upon the track has led me here. And next year it'll be clear this was only leading me to that. And by that time I hope that you Love